0: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Go podcast. Josh here. The weekend is coming up. A weekend full of sports, mainly college basketball, conference tournaments wrapping up, finals tomorrow and Sunday, selection Sunday. We will be seeing who my team plays, who your team plays. Oh, it's exciting. The eve of free agency is upon us. Deals being made, restructures being made, NBA second half into full effect, NHL almost halfway done with its season, the Players' Championship for golf. What a time. What a time for sports. Let's get into it. All in effect before this weekend. And to get started, who other than to start this podcast off, to start the show off before we get into the weekend, than a little goat. And who do I mean by the goat? You know it. I know it. It's Tom Brady. He's the goat. What about Tom Brady? He signed a four-year extension today that actually voids into a one-year extension, and all this does is save the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a bunch of money. Uh, his salary will, you know, will get spent out over that time, and saves the bucks nineteen million dollars. Uh, they were just uh, in the negative, negative, you know, six or seven million. So this saves them. Puts him in the positive, which is huge. Levante David actually did the same thing, linebacker, for the uh, Buccaneers. He did the same thing with his contract. I think his was a five-year contract that voided into two years, uh, saving them money. Uh, That is what the team did, and to further emphasize... This, Tom Brady said in an Instagram post today when he signed his extension, in pursuit of eight, let's go Buccaneers, we're keeping the band together. That's greatness right there. I saw this meme the other day after Dak Prescott got his you know record deal you know getting 40 million 70 75 or whatever and the first year uh Patrick Mahomes insane contract of you know 10 years up to 503 million uh Russell Wilson making 39 a year uh Deshaun Watson making 39 a year you know Goff making 35 you know Rodgers in the 30s Stafford uh, in the 25 you have all these uh, quarterbacks Making so much money, caring about their self, uh, and their brand—you know there's nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't win new championships. And to me, that is greatness personified on Brady's part. He's already made millions of millions of dollars throughout his longevity of it. Just being great—he's not. He's never been the highest paid quarterback in his position. He's been he's the greatest quarterback ever, but he's never been the highest paid. He never reset the quarterback market in terms of contracts and deals as we have seen it today Dak Prescott, his contract reset the quarterback market. Insane. We never have heard Tom Brady and his contract resetting the quarterback market. Because his contracts simply don't. Uh, He does not do that. He makes money off endorsements. uh, But with just his longevity and the league making money because he's so good. uh, He basically fulfills all his bonuses. You know, winning divisions, winning uh, playoffs, getting to the playoffs, winning a Super Bowl. He basically fulfills every, every part of his contract. That's what makes him great. Uh and it's that mentality of his Instagram post keeping the band together, which makes him great. Uh very few other people actually do that. Uh take less money for them to sign other people. And because of that, what he did with Levante David did, uh Bruce Arians even saying, you know, nobody's going anywhere. Uh I was skeptical after, you know, Chris Godwin signed the franchise tag that they were not going to be able to re-sign Shaq Barrett after today and what Tom Brady did I feel very differently I feel that they will get a four maybe five year extension done with Shaq Barrett keep him around in Tampa Bay keep the core back together uh been with your other players you know you can use exceptions and minimums to sign them whether it be Gronkowski Antonio Brown uh Ryan Suck up Ndamukong soon. Uh those guys will definitely come cheaper than Shaq Barrett. But getting that main piece on the side is huge for them. And that's what Tom Brady does. He ensures success. He ensures other players are happy. He creates, you know, that great culture, you know, that patriot way that is Tom Brady. Uh instills that winning effect. On the rest of the team, that is just part of the reason what makes him so great. And what makes him the goat is that he's willing to sacrifice money, leave money on the table, uh, you know, where he could cash out in the later half of his career. You know, players like LeBron, you know, signing extension after extension, max after max, uh, to get their money. Uh, but that's not what Tom Brady does. He wants to win. That's what separates him apart than a lot of other players is his ability to just want to win uh that a lot of players say that they want to do. a lot of players say that they want to win uh and it's easy to say that you want to win. but are you showing that you want to win? And that's the difficult uh part of it is showing like, hey, I'm committed to winning. I'm going to take this uh, pay cut because it'll better my team, but it will also better my legacy. I'll be able to win more, at least have a better chance to compete if I'm not taking up 25, 20% of the salary cap uh, of the team's money with my contract. If we spread the wealth around, guess what? We'll be in a better spot. That's what Tom Brady does. He not only says he wants to win, says he's in pursuit of eight, but he shows he wants to win. He leads by example. He's the leader there. He is turning the worst franchise in all of sports history, the Tampa Bay Bucs, into a winning one. And I definitely see them repeating next year after the moves that they are making, keeping the band together again. Because in other news, you have Cam Newton signing a one-year, fourteen million dollar deal uh, to re- re-signs him with the New England Patriots. And you know, you look at Tom Brady's numbers. I don't even think Tom Brady's going to make uh, fourteen million this year uh, alone. Uh, I think, over, of course, over the years of it. He'll make it, but he won't be making that money. And look at Cam Newton uh threw for you know two thousand yards, two thousand six hundred yards. Tom Brady threw for over four thousand yards. Cam Newton only threw for eight touchdowns, uh ten interceptions. Uh I know Tom Brady he had uh, double digit interceptions. I uh, the no risk and no biscuit offense but he threw for 40 touchdowns again different styled of offense but Cam Newton uh cannot do the things Tom Brady has done. Uh again Cam Newton added over 500 rushing yards on the ground with 12 touchdowns which was pretty good. You know, he looked good at the beginning of the season. Uh didn't look like, you know, vintage uh, MVP Cam, but you know you had that spark. Of him, then he had COVID. Then the schedule got tougher. It looked like he was hobbling uh, later in the year, and they weren't winning games. But this Cam Newton resigning doesn't uh, change anything for the Patriots. Uh, Patriots have a lot of money to spend in free agency. They have a lot of players on defense coming back, but I don't expect them to make the playoffs even with that, because Cam Newton's their quarterback uh cam Newton to me is less than a competent starter at quarterback uh i wanna root for cam uh, a lot of people wanna root for cam root for him to do well, but to me he has just slowed down immensely injuries he has taken the hits he has taken over the course of his career have really shown on the field and to me uh this is just the Patriots re-signing him. I thought they could have re-signed him for less, especially when you have players like Jameis Winston, uh, you know, around the same levels as Cam Newton's play right now. Probably uh, Jameis is a little better. And, uh, you know, people are talking about him only making, like, one-year max $10 million, uh, maybe getting, like, a two-year 8 or something like that, two-year 12, Uh So I don't see anything from Cam that even if they were to sign uh, free agents, wide receivers, running backs bolster up this offense, that Cam would make a huge difference out there. They need a difference maker. And until the Patriots find one, uh, it definitely hurts their team. Then and what was also surprising news was the Chiefs cutting both starting offensive tackles they cut their left tackle, Eric Fisher, which you know saves them around $12 million. Uh, same with their right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, in what was huge, huge news uh, because of what we just saw happen to them in the Super Bowl without both starting tackles. Uh, their offensive line could not hold up against the Bucks' pass rush. Patrick Mahomes was uh, running for his life. All the time back there. Uh, He had no time to throw. And it goes to show how important an offensive line is. Uh, You see that in uh, Seattle with Russell Wilson not having an offensive line. He's running for his life, scrambling to make plays. Same thing with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Uh, You need to be able to protect your quarterback. We see what happens there, even with the weapons that... uh, Russell Wilson has, and Tyler Lockett, uh, DK Metcalf, a good running back in Chris Carson. If you do not have a good offensive line, uh, cannot block a running game, which doesn't open up a play-action game, and then your quarterback is kind of running for his life back or making unbelievable plays. Uh, You know you can win close games. You can definitely win games with a bad offensive line, but you risk your quarterback getting hit and hurt a lot more and it definitely hurts come playoffs times when you're actually facing uh, the better defenses and better teams Uh, so that was a very surprising move concerning what we just saw in the Super Bowl Uh, so starting tackles are definitely in need of concern they restructured Mahomes' contract uh, today which saves them uh, millions of dollars uh, which kind of gets them out of the negative that they were in So they will probably be looking to uh, draft tackles in the draft, which is needed to protect Mahomes. Mahomes is the face of the NFL. Uh, He's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, He can do things that are so amazing, his vision. Uh, And he'll only get better uh, when time goes on, but a good offensive line is needed. Uh, with a bad offensive line, a lot of flaws in the offense are exposed, which is huge. And I think the Chiefs will shore it up. I think they know how important that offensive line is, how key those two guys were, and they'll definitely try to, you know, maybe address uh, some veteran and free agency, uh, and go through the draft. They realize how important, you know, having tackles are uh and you know Mahome's taking on that restructure good for him to save him at least money this year uh even though it doesn't save him you know, but continuous over that ten year deal, which is great uh to me he's gonna have to uh be like Tom Brady and you know restructure his contract more and more to help his team out help his team win, and I think he does have that mindset of wanting to win, wanting to run it back, now having the taste of losing the Super Bowl. uh, Definitely not a taste you want to leave in your mouth forever. Uh, We see that with the Seahawks uh, right on the cusp of being a dynasty, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, uh, had that taste of losing in the Super Bowl. Never been the same since. Uh, Traded their best offensive lineman for Jimmy Graham, which didn't work out. And they've never recovered since that. uh, We can see if the Chiefs will learn anything from that. But Wednesday is officially, you know, the free agency deal. But, you know, every year it seems like, you know, that Monday when, you know, tampering starts, you usually hear deals that day and earlier than the Wednesday, which is exciting. That free agency is now upon us. Uh, one day I'll get into more of, you know, my free agents, what I want to see if, you know, deals have not been announced yet. But two, I'll give you two free agents that are intriguing me the most, what I want to see the most. The one is Aaron Jones, uh, star running back for the, uh, Green Bay Packers, uh, To me, he's a top five running back, only 26 years old, and just had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, uh, one year removed from leading the league in touchdowns. He had 16 in 2019. Uh, He can definitely catch a a ball out of a backfield, uh, which he's done as well, but he is a really Really good running back. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, I think the Packers definitely have a shot of re-signing him. And as I said in my early, one of my earlier podcasts, that the Packers definitely should re-sign him to keep the core intact. Uh, but you also have the Dolphins trying to make a push. Uh, I heard that the Cardinals were a sleeper. And personally, I love to see Aaron Jones on the Cardinals. Yes, they have Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, but those aren't, you know, true, true number one running backs like Aaron Jones is. If you get Aaron Jones, you now have a top five running back. You have a top five wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you have a decent offensive line and you have an ascending quarterback in Kyler Murray. This could be huge and it could unlock the offense even more than adding... Uh, A number two wide receiver like a Juju or Corey Davis or something similar like that. Uh, You have a defensive pieces now, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones will be back, uh, Buda Baker. I think the Cardinals making a splash for Aaron Jones would be huge. My other free agent is Kenny Galladay. Again, I'm a huge Lions fan, so uh, it's sad seeing Kenny Galladay leave especially uh, when you look at his numbers and his you know, first 47 career games and how similar it is to Calvin Johnson Jr., a.k.a. Megatron. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Kenny Galladay goes. Uh, there's a lot of talk of the Ravens trying to get a number one receiver to pair with uh, Lamar Jackson. I think that would be beneficial because, Kenny Galladay has shown that he is a number one wide receiver when healthy. That would be good to see. Uh, I think the Colts, uh, Carson Wentz is there now with Phillip Rivers retired. You definitely need to give Carson Wentz a weapon uh, to kind of see where he is at because they don't have a true number one wide receiver. They have decent wide receivers, but not a true number one. I think that would be great for him to go there. You also have the Eagles, who are in desperate need, even if they were to draft a wide receiver. I think they'd still need another one. Uh, Kenny G is one they definitely could be interested in. Same with the Dolphins. I feel the same way, Uh, depending on what happens with Odell. You know, the Browns could use one as well, as Jarvis, you know, mainly works out of a slot. So there's a lot of teams that could use Kenny Galladay's services, uh, wide receiver, is always a hot market. Now moving on to the NBA. Uh, Wednesday was the official second half start to the season. Uh, of a, or yeah, the official start to the second half of the season for NBA. So I made a couple picks, and I went one and one. I was wrong about the Wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal just did okay, not great. Uh, whereas Jonas Valanchunas uh, dropped 29 points and 20 rebounds. Uh, John Morant adding 10 assists. Uh, those two were tremendous all game long. Uh, I was not expecting the, that Valanchunas effort at all. That caught me by surprise. That's why the Grizzlies won that game. Uh, but I was right about the Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic and actually Chris Taps Porzingis uh Having that double double to go with Luca's triple double, uh, if Porzingis could get more, uh, be more like that, more consistent, this Mavericks team would be a lot, a lot better than yesterday. The Nets, Brooklyn Nets, beat the Celtics one hundred and twenty-one to one oh nine. A motivated Kyrie Irving. Dropped 40 points. Looked tremendous against the Celtics to me. It's always, you know, that uh, motivation against playing a former team. Uh, You didn't leave so great against. uh, You just want to return and play well against them. That's what Kyrie did. Uh, He looked great over the Celtics. Uh, Efficient from the field, from the three-point line. uh, Adding rebounds and assists. That was just great Kyrie out there. And I think uh, his greatest game of the season coming against the Celtics. And it's always, you know, when you face that former team of yours that you want to show them up. With LeBron, we saw the same thing when he was on the Heat. And he would go back to Cleveland to face them. Kevin Durant, when he was in uh, Golden State, and he faced OKC. You know, you just want to casually uh, destroy your former team, and that's what Kyrie Irving did, even though Jason Tatum was brilliant as well. Uh, Kyrie Irving took over, and James Harden uh, played the Robin last night to Kyrie Irving's Batman, and it was a fantastic, fantastic win for the Brooklyn Nets. Tonight... I'm going to pick another two games, see if I'm right or not. Uh, The first one is the Denver Nuggets versus the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm picking against the Grizzlies again. I am picking the Nuggets because of Nikola Jocic averaging a uh, double-double, I think 27-11, and and then also averaging close to nine assists. Uh, He bumped those assist numbers up. He could be close to averaging A triple double, I mean, yeah, triple double, which he is uh, so close to doing. So I have to give it to the Grizzlies. He's playing great. Uh, Their offense is clicking. Uh, They're not special defensively, but they are better defensively than the Memphis Grizzlies are. So I have to pick Denver. I think it'll be close. I do, but I do not expect another uh, twenty-nine point game. From uh, Jonas uh, Valanciunas. I don't. Uh, Of course, defensively, he's great. Great rim protector. Decent on offense down there as well. But I do not have uh, the Grizzlies winning tonight. I do not. Then I'm picking the Indiana Pacers versus the Los Angeles Lakers. I am rolling with the Lakers. And this one scares me. As I said, I did not want to pick the Lakers while well, AD was out, and I really, you know, still don't want to do that. But LeBron got me motivated, not because of a poor display in the All Star game, but because it's go time. He said, you know, it's time to win. This is a stretch now of games. The second half matters more than the first half, just because of that. He motivated me enough to pick him in the Lakers tonight. He did that to me. I wanted to pick the Pacers uh, because uh, right now they're playing better offensively than the Lakers are. They're clicking more since AD has been out, and I thought, why not? But the Pacers are uh, not good on defense or uh, mediocre at best. Uh, whereas the Lakers, you know, even with AD out, they're still. A formidable defense. I uh, definitely not as great as they are with ADN, uh, but I have to give it to the Lakers. Uh the Pacers haven't played great uh recently at all. And combined with that fact, I know the Lakers haven't played great, but I'm rolling with the Lakers. I'm rolling with LeBron. Hopefully they'll get some people out, you know, with Karis Levert not playing tonight, which I think is huge. He makes his comeback uh, tomorrow against the Suns. I think that'll be great for LeVert and the Pacers. I'm glad LeVert's healthy now. He's ready to go. Uh, I feel if LeVert was playing tonight just having that boost, I would have picked him. But I'm rolling with LeBron. I'm rolling with the Lakers. I've got to. I've got to roll with them. Now transitioning... To college basketball, and really the main storyline of college basketball is COVID. COVID has taken over college basketball, sadly. Uh, I don't know what's going on, what these players are doing. But yesterday, you had Duke drop out of the ACC tournament, and that means that they will not be making the top 64. Uh, They will not be part of Selection Sunday is they most likely had to win the uh, ACC tournament, if not uh, try to make it to the final uh, round and see what happens from there. So Duke is out of it. Uh, A blue blood, one of the best programs of all time. Uh, Definitely less intrigued now without Duke. Uh, So many Duke fans out there that this hurts. hurts the ACC tournament. Uh, as well because everybody likes Duke uh, or everybody loves to hate Duke. They're just that team. Uh, It's always exciting to watch them in a tournament. So that's one team knocked out because of COVID. Today, Virginia dropped out of the ACC tournament due to COVID. Uh, So Georgia Tech uh, won that game. It was uncontested. So the number one seed in the ACC tournament, Got the vid. End is out. Uh, they're done. Of course, you know, they'll still be selected and play in the big tournament. Uh, but it could impact their seeding. Uh, I believe, you know, they were a, you know, around a four-ish seed, four or five. So we'll see how that impacts it. But, you know, Georgia Tech now doesn't play them and automatically moves into the finals because of that, uh, which is huge. I thought Virginia was definitely going to win. Tony Bennett's team playing great offensively, as they always do play defensively. Uh, so Georgia Tech now gets that spot and definitely helps them. Uh, which is, you know, it's a bummer, but it happens. Uh, something you, ha- you have to learn from actually rather quick uh, since, you know, the tournament starts next week. Then another team, COVID took out was Kansas dropped out of a big 12 tournament another huge program Uh, because of that Texas is now moving into the final where they will either play Oklahoma State or Baylor which is huge because if Baylor would have won I thought you know Kansas would have won tonight Kansas has been playing really really well recently you know just beat Baylor had a huge win. Uh, they're really ascending, you know. After playing poorly, uh, you know, beginning middle of the season, or he dropped out of a top 25 and then shot up all the way back to 11. Kansas has been playing great, and now they're out of a Big 12 because of ter- uh, COVID. So we'll see how that impacts their seeding. What they have to say about that, depending, you know, if Texas wins it all, what exactly shakes down. But that is huge. Another storyline, of course, it's March. It's March Madness. There is now upsets galore for college basketball. Uh, There's been many of them. Just to highlight a few, Oklahoma State over West Virginia yesterday. uh, That's back-to-back wins for OK State over West Virginia. Me talking about how good West Virginia is, and they definitely are. uh, But McNeil holding the ball on too long to not get off the Game-tying three in time, Cade Cunningham looking great, looking like a uh, close-to-player-of-the-year freshman of the year that he is. He's a star. Uh, That was gut-wrenching for West Virginia. But probably the biggest upset was Georgetown over Villanova. Uh, You know, that's the thing about March Madness, you just never know. Georgetown stuck around. Uh, Thanks to Dante Harris uh, making shots, uh, getting defense, getting stops, uh, frustrating Uh, Villanova and, you know, making throws, getting to the line. I think they were like 23 for 23 from the uh, charity uh, stripe. So that's huge. Uh, Anytime you can get to the free throw line that many times and actually make all your shots, you know, so many times during games, you know, you see, oh, my team's, you know, 14 of 19, you know, 15 of 23. Only if I wouldn't have made my free throws would this game have been closer, or I actually would have won. That's how key free throws are. Villanova couldn't knock them all down. Well, was Georgetown. Georgetown did. Another upset was North Carolina over Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech was so close to actually winning the ACC and uh, if they would have done that, they would have been playing uh, Georgia Tech today. But instead, uh, actually my bad. I meant Florida State was close to winning it. Virginia Tech uh, was not. But North Carolina upset Virginia Tech to move on. Uh, you know, Texas over Texas Tech was a close one. Uh, Syracuse almost upset Virginia. Minnesota over Ohio State. Kansas State over Baylor. Uh so so many Oklahoma try to make a comeback on Kansas. March Madness is officially underway, even though it's not the full tournament yet. Teams are playing their hardest and their hard out right now. And you saw that today when Michigan beat Maryland, my Michigan Wolverines knocked out the Terrapins in a hotly. Contested game, uh, very close. Uh, Michigan did not start off the game well. Uh, they were down early. I thought, you know, wow, my team is going to lose. They have looked terrible in March, dropping a game to Illinois, then uh, crushing Michigan State, then looking lost against Michigan State. I'm like, they're looking lost now. I guess this is a sign of the times. I just might be right after all. And I was on the phone for a little bit uh, with someone. Uh, next thing I know, halftime, Michigan's up by two. They pull off a 16-2 and two run to end halftime and be up 40-38. to 38. They closed that half greatly. Uh, they were really, really good. And then played a strong second half. As I said, they adapt. Usually uh, in, uh, when we're down at halftime, it's close to halftime. They adapt so well. And this was just another example. They stormed out of the gates, had the lead, never really looked back at all. Uh, Franz Wagner, Eli Brooks, Mike Smith were all great. The top three stars of the game. uh, To me, of course, number one was Mike Smith. 18 points, the true point guard on that team. uh, Floor general, 15 assists. Which I believe is a Big Ten tournament record, insane. Uh, knocked down both of his shots from three-point land. Have to give it to Mike Smith and all three of those players: Wagner, Brooks, and Smith. Is they uh, scored fifty of Michigan's seventy-nine points. Three of eight active players that played today scored fifty points, and I, I have to apologize to Eli Brooks. As I said after the loss to Michigan State when he got injured, I said, you know, that loss isn't uh, huge. Uh, he's good defensively, but offensively, you know, a couple more players make shots. His numbers can be replaced. Uh, how wrong I was uh, having that senior leadership. To me, Eli Brooks is kind of the guy that they look to, who's great defensively, but also, you know, steps it up, can make shots when needed as he did today, making 16 shots, was efficient from field and looked so well. Uh, Usually we look at Dickinson, but Dickinson being in foul trouble uh, early, uh, he did not get going, only finished with six points. Uh, He needs to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, His second foul, uh, an illegal screen, and a lot of people are upset about it, but guess what? You're moving your feet. That's what happens. That's an illegal screen. But the biggest bum of them all this game uh, combined for both teams, I would say Michigan, the biggest bum. Isaiah Livers, uh, when I was watching the game early, jacking up threes, jacking up shots. Didn't make any of them. Zero points this game. A goose egg. One of Michigan's best stars, one of their leading scorers, uh, another you know, senior in his leadership. Zero points can't be happening. That's why he didn't play much in the second half, only 15 minutes, because he sucked it up, stunk up the joint, uh, pathetic performance on Isaiah Livers' part, and I hope not to see that again. I don't want to see it again. Please, Isaiah, if you're going to perform like this, just stay home. Please, just do. So then we know we can't rely on you, because against Michigan State, you are missing shots, uh... To me, you were the main reason you cost us this game. Uh, you missing shots again early did not help us. So please get right or don't come back at all. It's okay. But please make your shots if you're going to stick around. Jawan Howard got fired up. Said Mark Turgeon, uh, head coach of the Terrapins, You know, charged after him. And we saw both of them going at it. It got heated. Jawan got ejected. Uh, his assistants, like all four of them had to come get him down. Mike Smith was there uh, trying to calm his coach down. But the players love it. Uh, players love seeing their coach get fired up by defending him, fighting for him, uh, leading the front line charge. That's what Jawan did. He leads by example. Uh, Big 10 coach of the year and deservedly so. Uh, Michigan played great. And tomorrow they will face a tough test and a rematch against Ohio State. Ohio State barely pulled it out in overtime against Purdue. I thought that was going to be a really good game. And it lived up to the hype. So we will see who moves on tomorrow to the championship game. Whether it be Michigan or Ohio State. Again, if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Michigan Uh, because today this one convinced me and they had their number against Ohio State but I won't officially pick them but Michigan looked really good I will make a couple of other picks for college basketball tonight the first being Oklahoma State and Baylor to me this one's tough because you know Baylor uh, just beat Oklahoma State last week Uh, Jared Butler looked really good of course Kate Cunningham looked good I think that's when he kind of injured his ankle Uh, that game. Uh, I want to pick Baylor. You know, I should pick Baylor. I will pick Baylor. But I'm pulling for Oklahoma State. I really want Oklahoma State to win. I'm rooting for Oklahoma State. I want to see an upset. I want to see Baylor get upset. Now that I can't see a Kansas-Baylor game in the final, I can't see that. I'm deprived of that. Because Kansas decided to get the COVID-19 again. So I... I'm rooting for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's my last chance because I don't think Texas can upset Baylor. I really don't. Uh, Texas has been struggling and struggling and struggling. Win one, lose one, lose four, win a couple. Uh, They're not the team I want to see there. I wanted to see Kansas. Uh, I hope Oklahoma State, I hope Cade Cunningham shows up and gives Baylor a ride. Then, Colorado and USC... This is a tough one. Two very similar, very evenly matched teams. I'm rolling with Colorado uh, just because USC, even though before this, you know, they lost, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they got crushed by Colorado, lost to Utah badly uh, before rebounding against Stanford, who, you know, isn't that impressive. You know, to barely beat UCLA just to beat Utah in double overtime yesterday in a crazy finish. But Colorado's been winning games. Uh, Yes, they had a close one, but they've been winning better recently. And i got to go with Colorado over USC. I think the Buffaloes will take out the Trojans tonight. But all weekend long, you have great, great college basketball. Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama. See who Wichita State plays. uh, What happens with the Pac-12 final. Uh, uh, Big 12. It's going to be amazing. It will be great. Now. Moving on to the NHL. Wednesday again I made a couple of picks. And I went one and one. I was wrong on the Golden Knights. Uh, they didn't decide to score till late in the game. Providing flurry. No help at all in the beginning. But I was right about the Kings. Beating the Ducks. And yesterday, my Pittsburgh Penguins won. Oh, they look great. Four straight ones. Yes, they beat the Sabers, which is really no huge reason to rejoice. But the line with Evgeny Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen. I don't care who else is out there. I don't care if it's Rust or Evan Rodriguez, Tanev, Who it is, I just care about those two and the chemistry they have. Malkin and uh, Kapanen were great. Kapanen with the you know the little breakaway. That he had instead of forcing a shot. You know he just dumped it back to Malkin who was open. Made the unselfish play. Got them the early 1-0 lead. And they were great. The of line was great. Jake Gensel was amazing on the power play. Uh, you know with Russ scoring. Anthony Angelo on the fourth line. All four lines providing scoring. Which is the Pittsburgh Penguins we need. And which needs to win. To keep up with a vaunted East, with the Islanders winning, the uh, Capitals winning, the Boston Bruins winning, may need to keep on winning to keep up. And they are showing resilience, which is great. Love to see my Pittsburgh Penguins winning games, winning games the right way, uh, with scoring from all over the ice, strong defense, and great goaltending by Jari. Uh, That's what I want to see. So tonight there's two games and I'll make two picks again. First one is the Senators and the Oilers. I was right on that one. Uh as well on uh, I think I picked on Wednesday. I said the Oilers are gonna win. They won seven to one. I'm picking the Oilers again. Our goalies are playing, you know, decent. They definitely have dropped off. But Connor McDavid is amazing. Leon Dreisidel is great. I'm picking them. Kings and Avalanche. This is a tough one. I kind of want to pick the Kings uh, because the Avalanche haven't been playing great recently. Be kind of, you know, win a few, lose a couple, win a couple. Uh, But I think they'll win tonight against the Kings. But I will definitely not be surprised if the Kings pull off the upset against the Avs at all. Actually, breaking news right now, which I just saw, the Blue Jackets acquire Miko Lehtinen in a trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they get that defenseman in exchange for uh, goaltender Vini Vivalainen. Uh, not a huge trade, but the Blue Jackets are making moves as they are sliding in the Central Division. Uh, a few weeks ago, they were right in the thick of it. Now they have dropped off immensely and it looks like you know the four teams could be locked soon with the Blackhawks, the Panthers the Lightning and the Hurricanes uh, and Henrik Lundqvist could return for the Capitals, we'll see about that I don't think so but that would definitely help out the Capitals in their goaltender situation to have that veteran presence and experience back there with Henrik that would be huge for them, again, I'm not a, I am not. hate the Capitals. As a pay one, uh I shouldn't say hate, but I strongly dislike the Capitals. And, oh, I don't, but, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, you know, King Henrik for a reason, uh, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. Uh, you kind of just want to see him win a cup, even though I don't want to see that with the Capitals. But you also have a ton of NHL action this Sunday all over. I got my home team, Coyotes, playing the Wild. Again, Penguins playing the Sabres. Uh, Capitals, Flyers, huge matchup, Rangers, Bruins. Ton of hockey to watch. Now, time to finish off this podcast with my git, your goat take. Uh, This might have been a more unpopular opinion uh a few years ago uh more people d- probably definitely agree with it right now but this is definitely in the golf uh sense of it as you know you have the players championship you know some dub it the fifth major uh starts off you know all the big tournaments in golf uh, is the players championship the famed Hole 17 on TPC Sawgrass. Uh, That is amazing down there in Florida. You have defending champion Rory McIlroy there. uh, Sergio Garcia. Brayson DeChambeau. Lee Westwood. All atop the leaderboard right now. But I am not going to go there. Who I am talking about that is in this tournament. That will miss the cut by like 6 or 7 shots. Is Ricky... Fowler, Uh, my take is I do not believe Ricky Fowler will win another tournament in his professional career. I don't think he will win not only another major, he's never won a major, uh, but he will never win another tournament again. Uh, You know, you look at him uh, a few years ago, he was dubbed the uh, player Best player to not win a major. Uh, you know, he came close uh, to winning majors 2014. He finished top five, which was like the first time since Tiger Woods, but he didn't win any of them. Uh, then he was dubbed, you know, the most overrated player. Then won the Players' Championship. Uh, but since then, and actually since winning the uh, Phoenix Open here, the Waste Management, uh, a couple years ago, he's not won a tournament. And he's just not played good golf since then. And I don't think he'll win another tournament ever again. He has a lot he needs to fix. I think a lot of it is uh, mental, just, you know, finding that love for the game again. Uh, You know, shot a lot of commercials, you know, with farmers and uh, other type of advertisements. Does little videos. But he needs to find the love of the game again. And find his stroke again because his scoring is not well. When you average more bogeys and double bogeys and birdies, uh, that definitely hurts. So it's sad because Ricky Fowler was one of my favorite players, is one of my favorite players. I love Ricky. I always root for him to win and do well. Uh, But when somebody is uh, that bad for that consistently long, it doesn't look like he's going to break out of that slump. Uh, where you had Jordan Spieth, who was winning uh, major tournaments, and then he had, you know, that two, three-year dry spell. People questioned if he'd ever come back, and now it looks like Jordan Spieth is returning, you know, slowly, but he's doing it. He's putting in the effort, whereas Ricky uh, is like, you know, that stock that's just crashing on, you know, full decline. It's not like a rapid off a cliff, you know, just that steady decline. Uh, Where there's no indicator of it going up and then dipping again. It's just one big dip that's never recovered yet, Uh, which is sad because I love Ricky Fowler, but I do not see him winning another tournament, at least in my lifetime. And I'm 21 years old, so uh, maybe in another lifetime, Ricky will win another tournament, but I'd love to see him win another one. Love to see him get back on the horse, but he's getting older. other players that are underneath them are younger, but DeShambeau's, but Brooks Kepka, McElroy's a better player, Spieth is younger, he's a better player. Uh, you know, you have Xander Shafleva, Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, who's older, but he's just better. Uh, you just have so much competition. Uh, you need to put in the work to get uh, the results, and I don't think Ricky's putting that in. And until then, he's not going to win another tournament but I do wish him nothing but the best as I'll continue to root for him even if I made this take saying that he will never win another tournament again hope this reaches you Ricky and you prove me wrong because I'll be there rooting for you time and time again this has been the get your goat podcast hope everybody enjoys your weekend and for all those college basketball fans Hope your team wins, but if you're against Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, uh, Iowa, definitely don't hope your team does well. Bye, everybody.